Hello, and welcome to True Crime Talks. This is a one-episode podcast diving into an analyzation of a quickly growing genre we all know and love, true crime. Now, for those who still haven't seen Making a Murderer on Netflix, you may be asking, what is true crime? Not only will we answer that, we will also explore why it is fascinating to watch and listen to stories about serial killers and their gruesome ways. And if you aren't entertained enough, we will end with discussing the approach different creative geniuses take to feed our interest in the genre. The voice you will hear for the next 15 or so minutes of your life is me, Sophia DeCola, and this is True Crime Talks. First to cover is this wonderful, riveting, fascinating genre at hand, true crime. The definition according to Wikipedia, true crime is a non-fiction literary and film genre in which the author examines an actual crime and details the actions of real people. True crime is truly taking the world by storm, but why are so many people obsessed with it? And like, isn't it kind of messed up that we're fascinated by others' deaths? And is this a universal interest, or am I just a really weird person for enjoying the Ted Bundy tapes and cereal? Well, this is a mystery we have the solution to. There are many scientific and psychological elements behind our enjoyment. Scientifically speaking, our bodies react to the content in a pleasurable way. The biggest reaction we experience and enjoy is the adrenaline rush. Watching or listening to these stories unfold and seeing these tragedies triggers our bodies to release adrenaline. Scott Bond, a professor of criminology at your university, wrote in a Time article, people receive a jolt of adrenaline as a reward for witnessing terrible deeds. And if you doubt the addictive power of adrenaline, think of the thrill-seeking child who will ride a roller coaster over and over until he or she becomes physically ill. The euphoric effect of true crime on human emotions is similar to that of roller coasters or natural disasters. A true crime podcast called Serial is a great one to get an adrenaline rush from. It's about the case of Adnan Syed. And at the time of the murder, which was 1999, he was a high school senior convicted of the murder of his ex-girlfriend, Heyman Lee. There's this part in the last episode, episode 12, and just so you know, this is indeed a spoiler. We learned about another possible suspect, Ronald Moore, a known rapist and murderer who was at active in society when Heyman Lee disappeared. The adrenaline rush from that moment is one of millions you can experience through the thrilling adventure of listening, or reading, or even watching a true crime story unfold. Now, believe it or not, we don't just experience true crime for the adrenaline rush. The psychological effects of true crime are what hook most people. Through some research of the many top 10 reasons we are addicted to true crime articles, the points I'm going to bring up were common threads through all the sources I used. And rather than explain these like I would in a paper, we're going to go through one by one, with little structure, and I'll summarize from my research. <laughs> Maybe that is similar to how I write papers, but you're hearing my voice instead. Once again, so sorry about that. But usually ramblings don't transfer as well in papers as they do in podcasts. Anyways, what hooks most people are the psychological, quote, 
benefits, unquote, that aren't technically proven to be physical benefits, but they help the viewer to feel better about themselves in various ways. Let's go through some. First, a sense of preparation. Fans of true crime, which shall be referenced as true crimers from now on, enjoy using true crime as a way to prepare for the worst, as some may say. When you see all these situations and how the victims escape, you're learning new strategies. It's like if you play a sport, let's say, hmm, I don't know, lacrosse. If you watch college games and see how they strategize on the field and what offensive and defensive plays they make, you're now aware of those strategies and plays and can bring them to your own team. It's the same thing with true crime. When we watch movies or documentaries and see how the victims respond to being in life or death situations, we can mentally prepare ourselves to be in a similar situation and react similarly. True crimers use true crime to help them prepare for the worst. And, believe it or not, to them, true crime is also comforting. This comfort comes from the storytelling itself, not usually the crime. True crime can also be seen as the perfect mix between the fantasy of storytelling and the harsh reality of crime in a creative presentation. Quite opposite to being comforted, we also love the fear that's ignited within. Bond once again exists, insists, the public is drawn to true crime because it triggers the most basic and powerful emotion in all of us, fear. The power of fear goes hand in hand with the comfort of storytelling It hooks us because the combination, known as true crime, is addictive. We can be scared and receive the adrenaline rush, but still feel safe in the comfort of our own homes. Next up is everyone's favorite, understanding the why of true crime. Why do people kill other people? Certain interpretations of true crime take a look at the inner workings of serial killers. We also get to see these wicked people blend in with society, which can go against what we're used to. In most horror movies, we see the serial killers as isolated, dark, disturbing humans in our society. But the scary truth is that they can look like any one of us. Another Scott Bond quote, who definitely enjoys shedding his wisdom on the topic. Three of the main articles include his involvement. Says, serial killers are so extreme in their brutality and so seemingly unnatural in their behavior that society is riveted by them. Many people are morbidly drawn to the violence of serial killers because they cannot comprehend their actions but feel compelled to. The incomprehensibility of their crimes makes serial killers enigmatic in the minds of the public. Ah, well said. Serial killers' place in society draws us away from our loved ones and closer to true crime. It's especially hard to turn away when you feel as though you are a detective, another state of mind true crimers enjoy to experience. A strong connection forms between the content and the viewer, when the viewer is actively engaged. And true crime is the content we engage the most with. How can you not? You're basically solving the case, but your conclusion of who done it has no effect on anything whatsoever. But still, you enter this new mindscape you never knew you had. Finding clues, examining the evidence, and making theories, all the good stuff. 
And of course, the element of mystery that we sometimes are left with after binging a podcast series, if you couldn't tell, I'm referencing Serial again, so many questions. Sadly, though, this is how they get us true crimers, with the unknown. The human brain is intrigued by the unknown, and we usually are missing a lot of information from the case, which is sometimes found, sometimes not. When you take into account every detail that leaves us eagerly in the edge of our seat, there are a plethora of psychological reasons true crimers are hooked to every case they are introduced to. And who can blame them? Now, we know why we're so addicted, but what do we do to feed the addiction? Well, the broad interest of true crime is translated into various forms for the public's enjoyment and fascination. These forms being novels, movies, TV shows, documentaries, and, of course, you guessed it, podcasts. There are definitely other artistic ways too, but these are what most true crimers use to feed the addiction. The approaches taken through the art form varies. Of course, each case is different, but they try to incorporate elements like perspective, displaying the inner workings of a serial killer, and tailoring to the audience. When I say perspective, I mean how the story is approached. No matter what case it is, someone related to the case is almost always involved. This is more applicable in forms like documentaries and podcasts rather than novels, but to break it down, you usually either see a case from the point of view of the serial killer themselves, loved ones or other people associated with the case, or from a detective's point of view. The perspective is an important approach to how the story is told. I'm going to pull another example from Serial. The main voice we hear in the podcast is a journalist, Sarah Koenig. She embodies the perspective of a detective, looking through the case of Adnan's from a detective's standpoint. Now, Serial is a mix and incorporates all three types of perspectives. People associated with the case, detectives, actual ones, along with Sarah's impersonation, and even Adnan himself. The diverse collection of perspectives allows the viewer to form their opinion on their own. Because usually, the fewer perspectives, the less diverse views, the more bias. This approach of carefully picking who gives what information and how plays into our psychological embodiment of becoming a detective, everyone's favorite hobby, to just suddenly pick up once they emotionally invest themselves in the case. Another popular approach to keep the views and sales up and to feed the true crime's addiction is making a lot of the content female-related. Female-related, meaning a good amount of the murder victims are female. A little bit of gender bias, if you ask me, but you're not. In all seriousness, the reason is most true crimers are women. To play the psychological, quote, benefit, unquote, of feeling prepared, true crime content creators, that's really fun to say, shine a lot of light on cases with female victims, so the majority of female audiences feel more prepared if terrible things come their way. Lastly, as we all are extremely curious as to why people kill others, some true crime masterpieces incorporate the serial killer's thoughts. True crimers are fascinated with learning about how serial killers' brains are wired, and their strategies 
killers portray this through direct interviews or movies. The approaches are common threads in true crime that hopefully you'll notice next time you turn on your Netflix and rewatch Abducted in Plain Sight, or really any form of true crime that floats your boat. So, a quick recap, because that was a lot of my voice rambling in a short amount of time. Well, relative to time as a whole. It probably felt a lot longer than it was. Sorry again. It pains me to listen to my voice, too. The questions we originally investigated now have answers. What is true crime? Well, hopefully you took in the definition early on. It's a little wordy to repeat. Why is true crime fascinating to us? True crimers are hooked, mainly for the rush of adrenaline and the psychological effects we receive from experiencing true crime. From becoming a detective to feeling prepared. And what approaches are taken to play those interests? The perspective and case itself are carefully handpicked to max out the psychological, quote, benefits, unquote, we receive. Hopefully you learned a little bit today about true crime and plan on treating yourself to a nice true crime movie and release your inner true crimer. For True Crime Talks, I'm Sophia DeCola, and this is an ELA project. Thank you for tuning in.